Okay, I'm actually ready now. Good. All right. Hey, guys. <laughs> since we're recording, back on the couch with uh, Shannon Garcia um, for Lipit Podcast. I'll let you introduce yourself. Hey, guys. My name is Shana Garcia. I was born in America, uh, Philadelphia. I did live a little bit of my life in the Philippines before I came to Australia, but I've lived most of my life here. So I've been here for about 13 years now. Um, I am a personal trainer at Snap Fitness Victoria Park, but I also work for a nutrition warehouse as well. Um, and yeah, I just got my pro card in October 2019 in the bikini division with the IFU Pro League. Wow, that's, that's, that's a massive achievement, right? Um, how long have you been training for, for um, bodybuilding or bikini? So bodybuilding, so for training, I have been training for about, I'd say seven years now. Bodybuilding, about five. Yeah, so it was, uh, it was about two years where you trained and uh, got to a point where you started going, I'm going to take this quite seriously. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah cool. Let's go back into the early days. So like, um, what were some things that you were into when you were younger? Like, was there a reason why you went into bodybuilding or um, sports? So honestly, when I was younger, I had no interest in any sort of sports. Yeah. Or... <laughs> I was definitely one of those students that would make any excuse not to be a part of any game or yeah. sports and make an excuse that I was sick or something. Um, but my mom did try to get me into doing something. So she got me into stuff like ice skating, um, ballet. Yep. Oh my God, I'm shaking. <laughs> no, you're okay, you're all right. So like, uh, those are the type of sports where presentation would be um, really big for you in appearance as well. Yeah, it's yeah. It's almost like, uh, you know, you step out on that um, on the ice or you step out on the uh, dance floor or stage more like it, mm-hmm. and you've got to actually perform at quite a high level. So yeah. do you found that like same sort of transition coming into bodybuilding was quite similar? Yes. Yeah. 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 And what about the training? Like when you, when you said it was about, you know, two years into training where you felt like you um, got to a point where you're like, huh, I can probably take this a bit seriously. Is that like how long after that point before you did your first comp? Um, so when I first got into training, it was mainly because I had really bad habits. I used to live for the weekend. Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah. I, would, I would go out from Wednesday right up until Sunday night. Yep. And it just got to a point where I knew that I had to change my lifestyle. So I, I got into training um, and long story short, I got into PT. Um, funny story how I started bodybuilding though. So, you know, your first couple of years of being a PT and personal trainers would know this when they first start. You, you're trying to figure out what your what your specialty is. Yeah. And um, I didn't really know what my specialty was. I was just more of a general fitness trainer. And I was in a gym where there was 15 other PTs. Oh, wow. So was I was that at six, gym? It was at Genesis Bentley. Oh, wow. So yeah. I was the 16th one that came on. Um, I was the youngest at the yeah. time. I was 19. So, you know, when people would come through the gym, they would choose trainers that had experience, had a background. Yeah. And I was that trainer that had like three months experience and just got my cert. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it got to a point where um, I was just training clients and I slowly built a little bit of a business. Um, I, I, I honestly had no sense of direction. It was just something I just wanted to try out. And I think it was about two years later, I had a client that wanted to get a six pack. Yeah. Now, genetically, when I looked at her, I thought, you know, you can get a six pack. And she told me, how can you tell me you, how can you tell me that I'm going to get a six pack if you don't have a six pack yourself? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. So that, that really hurt me when she yeah. said that, but I did understand that you want to be coached under someone that has been through it or is know what they're talking about as well. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And she, yes, that yeah. sent me to the challenge and I said, you know what? Okay. I'm going to show my clients right now 
that I can do this. I'm gonna get some abs. Whether I got a six pack under there or not, I'm gonna show you that you can get lean if yeah. you really put in the effort with food and training. So um, that's when I decided to step into my first bodybuilding comp, but that was with INBA back in the day. Wow, so okay, yeah, yeah, that is that was a little while ago, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, that was very cool. Um, so you said so you came from a background where you'd live for like, I suppose you went to things like Stereosonic or Futures. And, yeah. yeah, so you're one oh of those. My God. Yeah. Every, every festival that came up, I would go to everyone. It was really bad. Uh, they were the great days in Perth, were they? Yeah, yeah, you basically just got drunk, would yeah. go around um, the parties and just not, um, well, not even paying attention to the stage, just trying to find your friends. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. I, was, I was actually speaking to um, James Newton um, yesterday and mm-hmm. like, you know, back when he first started training was like to you know get the stereosonic pump or yeah you know, yeah get, get up for that so it's yeah. interesting now like those are gone so people i suppose in a way um bodybuilding comps is the way they'd go to take it more seriously yeah um that's really cool um so you've been personal training now for about so it's about five say so just over five years just so. over five years yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean, currently yeah. at snap fitness and snap fitness yes yeah in victoria park yes yeah no very cool very cool all right um so let's go into um some things like after that first comp what are some things you learned and then what helped you into your next comp well when i first got into my first bodybuilding comp um it was the first time i followed macros so I was all about when when it came to eating it was always just healthy eating and making sure I was getting a good burn throughout my training sessions but I had a coach that gave me the proper macros how much cardio to do you know um, how many hours I should train for and what kind of pumps I should be feeling when I am working out I got to learn you know um, being real disciplined and sorry what was the question again <laughs> no, I was a question about you know some things you're, you're on you're on point but um yeah some things that you learned from your first comp going into that second comp and you're saying hey you got a coach who actually taught you those real basic things about um macros and like I suppose in a way load management of stress like you know load on the muscles and how many times you should be training cardio because I suppose you'll see a lot is um people that are high achievers will always try to overdo it and think yeah. more is better. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk a bit about that if you've got any experience Oh my gosh, that? I just had a mental blank just then. No, that's okay. That's all good. <laughs> you um, let's go. <laughs> sure, sure. I'll cut this out. <laughs> um, let's go into it. Like, um, you, so from, from a coaching perspective, I suppose, you, you, your main type clientele would be females. Yes. Yep, yep. And a lot of them now, the way that you look and the way you perform would aspire to look like you. Yeah. yeah. What's the sort of message you have to give back to them to, to make help them realize, I suppose, that they are their own, you know, they have to go on their own journey of similar to what you've gone through? Well, nothing, when it comes to um, your fitness goals, you know, nothing ever comes easy. You know, you have to put in the work, you have to, you have to know that you cannot compare yourself to anyone else because your body's going to come in differently. It is good to look up to um, people and be inspired by, you know, role models that you look up to. Um, but at the end of the day, you are challenging yourself and you just want to become the best version of yourself. Yeah, no, that's really, really awesome. Um, you're, you're speaking just before how you learned about um, macros and how important that was. Mm-hmm. How, how, how much of a um, transition did that make in your physique you found when you started managing things like that? It made a huge difference. Yeah, it made a really big difference in terms of like how my body came in and I got to learn you know, if I reacted well with you know, high carbs, high fats, high protein. Yeah. yeah, no, that's very cool. Um, and I suppose like that's that's something. There's a bit of a stigma around it because some people like, you know, oh, I don't want to have to count calories. But it's like, how do you know what you're putting into your body? Do you do you have any um, tips for people that don't like counting calories? <laughs> oh my god, I hate this question. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> okay um, 
I see, because I know everyone works very differently. Yeah. Me personally, I like counting my calories. I normally always have a coach. I am never without a coach. So since the beginning of my bodybuilding um, career, I've always had a coach. So my I've always, my coach has always told me to you know eat this certain amount of calories, drink this much water. This is how much cardio you do. Um, but yeah, if people don't want to count calories and if they're looking into um, getting into bodybuilding, yeah. I think it's going to be very challenging. It probably won't happen. It, yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. It, it'll either not happen well, or they're, look good. Yeah, the results yeah. just won't come in as efficiently. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, uh, I suppose the analogy I use for people is just like, if you want to go out for a big weekend, you want to check your bank account mm-hmm. and regulate how much you spend. Or you want to get to Sunday and have no money and be in, you know, a default. So yeah. the same with calories or even another analogy I use is it's like filling up your car at the petrol tank without having a, a stopper on it. You can just keep filling it up. Yeah. And driving around towards empty and fill it up and let it overflow. So it's like, <laughs> that's how, yeah, yeah. That's how people get, you know, they, they end up getting fatter. Yeah. Um, one of the things that you said that you, your coach helped you manage was um, how much cardio you're doing. Do you find um, in a way, like with your own female clients, you get, they would come to you and be like, oh, you know, I'm doing like, you know, five hours, this is over-exaggerating, like five hours cardio a day, why, not, why aren't I seeing results? Like, um, do you ever get that sort of um, clientele company? I actually always do, um, mainly females. Yeah, the yep. females always tell me that they all they know is cardio and they're wondering why they don't drop any weight and I think a lot of people don't realize that weight is also another key to weight loss, you know? Yep. Everyone thinks it's just cardio. But yeah, I do get a lot of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And how, how much, like, um, for the for the female listeners out there, like how important uh, or big of a role does that um, resistance or weight-bearing training actually play in helping them build a nice physique? Like, quite quite a large amount. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry, guys. I'm actually really nervous right now. Oh, that's okay. I'm loving cool. this, but I'm still I'll, ch- I'll change the question. <laughs> cool. Uh, let's go back to it. So, um, let's use an example. You get a you get a typical female client that comes to you. They're like, look, I'm doing um, Les Mills, you know, eight times a week. I'm mm-hmm. doing running or whatever it is. And then you're like, okay, cool. We're gonna add some weights in your program. Do you get girls that usually freak out about that? And like, what's your message to them? I do. I do get girls that say like, I don't want to get too big. I only just stick to group fitness because we live a bit lighter and we can choose our weights. But to me, it's if they want to be able to sculpt their body, you do have to, you know, make a change in what you're doing. If you're not happy with what you're looking like and you're doing the things that you believe works for you, then you need to make a change with that. A hundred percent. It's it's very common in this industry for, um, you know, for people to go, oh, um, like I had a phone call yesterday, example, and they're like, oh, you know, I'm seeing this nutritionist, I'm saying I've got a gym membership and all this, and it's like... Oh, cool. So, um, why, why are we talking? Like, oh, it's not working. I'm like, okay, cool. We need to change this. Oh, but I'm seeing this person. I'm like, well, you just told me that it's not working. So, how about we yeah. try a new way that might uh, get you a better result? So, yeah, I think um, a lot of people are scared when yes. it comes to making change. Yeah. But at the end of true. the day, if you don't like where you're going, you can always reverse that as well. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's, uh, that's probably something you found over your five years in competing, too, mm-hmm. is that, like, you know, you'd probably find. In year one, what would work for you in year five is probably quite different. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Have you got some points that come up to mind when you when you when you think of that question? What do you mean by points? Uh, like um um examples, I suppose, of uh things that worked for you in the beginning that wouldn't work for you now. Uh, yes. Yes. Yep. So I've I've done all sorts. You know, every coach is very different. Um, my first coach that I had, you know, he believed in like low sodium. Um, just keeping steady state cardio, um, not really paying too much attention to, to water. So, you know, be, it being my first comp and my first, um, you know, prep, 
I never really questioned it because I thought I was just doing the right thing. I did, my body did come in okay. It did lean down, but then when I went on to my next coach, it was all about, you know, sodium loads or, you know, counting your water and doing a little bit more cardio, learning more hit style. And I found that my body reacted really well to that. So as you keep going, you do realize what works for you and what doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's really cool. That's yeah. really cool. You touched on that is, um, you know, how, how important sodium and water can play and looking yeah. like looking that part on stage or just yeah. pulling everything in I think time. it's crazy because I do know a lot of people that just cut out sodium and just focus on water and uh, I just yeah I don't get it sometimes <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it can be like you know just like a quarter of a teaspoon difference between like you know how they how how tight they your client or yourself look so mm-hmm. so it's very very fascinating um what are some other things you learned along the way in your bodybuilding career um you got to put in the work if you want to get the results Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, over the years, every time I um, get into prep, I always look back and I try to beat the person I used to be. You know, I, I used to compare myself just before a show, and I know a lot of competitors do this. You, you go on Instagram and you try to find another competitor that you're competing against, and you're like, damn, okay, I need to look better than this person. Yes, you do want to look better, but you don't try to be like them. You need to be the better version of yourself than what you were before. I love that, and yeah. for the listeners listening to this, like that is that is such a such a good point, because I get you know you probably get too as you get girls will send you a, a screenshot or share a profile to you yes. on Instagram and go oh can you make me look like this and it's like, yeah mm. yeah yeah you go put yourself in their own shoes and go all right well let's just try and make you a bit better each week until yeah. we can be you can be your own motivation yeah. at the end of the day like, yeah um, and often you do get um you know people that want to look like certain people but they've got a completely body type so yeah they might be yeah. like five inches taller or yeah like, you yeah know, getting like to understand or, that um, you know their body is different yeah, yeah. exactly like uh, that, that plays such a big role and um you know you look on stage when competitors line up and the top you know the top line of physique that's still slightly different yeah like even though they, you know, they're going for a certain look that's still everyone's got slightly different biomechanics or yeah they got the unique different. shape everyone's yeah. different yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. No, and that, that's what I love about that sport is um, it really it really shows how well you can sculpt an individual mm-hmm. even though um, you know you're trying to compete against other people that, yeah. um, just the individual journey alone is just um, it's really incredible it's crazy because yeah. yeah every every time I watch a show you know you get so many different body types and and every winner is always so different as well yeah and it depends on like what what kind of um, crowd you're standing next to in that yes. lineup yeah yeah yeah, cool. I don't um, that. <laughs> no, that's okay. Cool. Uh, let's go into so um, yeah, like we're, like we're saying, like um, it is a lot of work that goes into looking that way and trying to present your best package to date, right? Um, do you want to talk in about some of the mindset that you go through during your prep? So like early on to like the end of prep to post prep. Mm-hmm. When I first start prep, I always get I don't know. What, it helps me when I get into an angry mindset. So I think about you know every person that's pissed me off. <laughs> this little thing does get angry. <laughs> um, I always think about, you know, um, all the, the negative things that, that has happened in my life or, you know, negative people that have come in my life. I don't know why, but I always think about negative people that used to put me down. Okay. And, and to me, when I'm prepping, I just, I want to show them that, you know, I'm, I'm not what you think I am. No. Can I, can I rewind? <laughs> no, you just Pop keep going. Yeah. So yeah. Um, you're talking yeah. about at the beginning of the prep, some things that your mindset at the beginning of prep get a bit angry yeah Yeah. (laughs) okay so I do get a bit angry I think about you know being positive 
and just just becoming oh my god I'm I got a mental black man. That's <laughs> okay. You promise you're gonna cut this, right? Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's go okay. into the um, let's go towards the end of prep then. Like so, those last few weeks where I suppose that's like um, the hardest bit. Um, you know, trying to pull yourself through. What's your what's your mindset around that time? And what's your advice to new people to it? You got to be in it to win it. Yes. That's that's the only way to, to keep strong because I, often I do get people that say, you know, I just want to see how I go. I think that's the wrong mindset when you get into bodybuilding comp. Yeah. You, you need to be in it to win it so you also have the mindset throughout prep. I yeah. love that. Don't doubt yourself. Yeah, yeah. I really, really, really love that. Um, and then going back around to the beginning prep, like what's your, um, what's your mindset and what's your advice to um, newcomers? Consistency. Yep. Um, don't ever give up. Times will get very hard. It's going to be an emotional ride. You're going to you're going to crave different types of foods, but just know that that time is temporary, and you will be able to to enjoy a lot of things after. But start learning to enjoy the process as well. Look at yourself in the mirror. Tell yourself that you're going to win this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Are you anyone for like uh, you know incantations or where you got like uh, you know you write something down you read it like you know you are gonna win you are gonna. You know I actually I mean? do. So when I'm on cardio, so um, you know I always have high cardio. That's just my body. Um, I think the most cardio I've done is like seventy to eighty minutes. Wow. Yeah, okay, yeah. every day, and um, throughout that session, I would read a book. So motivational books. Yeah, very um, cool. Particularly, I like Grant Cardone. <laughs> Not yeah. for the sales part of things, but he just keeps you strong. Yeah. Yeah. No, I yeah. love that. That's really cool. Wow. That's a, that's like you know six seven days a week you've been doing that amount of cardio. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did get to every day. That was. Yeah. Forgot what that felt like, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I suppose that's like um, that's another thing. Not only like the the um you know the physical cost of money going into your prep, but also mm-hmm. the cost of time. Yes. Um. You know, for girls who might come to you and say, oh, I don't want to step on stage, but I want to try and get to that look. You yeah. get me, girls that say that, yeah, you're like, yeah. oh, it's, uh, you know, if you don't have that, if you don't, like, you'd know more than me, but, um, like, if you don't have that end goal, it's going to make that journey to get there so hard. Very hard. Yeah, yeah. it is important to have that end goal because other you just have no direction and it will give you an excuse to go, maybe I'll just do this next time or maybe this isn't for me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember I had a few people who had, uh, asked me about prepping last year and then in their bio they had you know the um, um, IFBB 2021 or 2022 and now it's 2023 or 2024 yeah. <laughs> it's like every year yeah, yeah. Yeah. and it gets to the point that they get so used to doing that yeah. that when something bad happens in their life they make that excuse again I'm just going to do it next year the stage is always going to be there yeah. it, it will always be there but I think when you set a goal you really need to achieve it yeah, as you yeah. live with disappointment, and yeah. that's not a, that's not a nice feeling. Yeah. Has there been any moments in your career where you've felt like um you've um like uh, been disappointed in yourself or like not uh not giving yourself the right amount of um encouragement when you need it? Yes, definitely. So when I first got into IMBA, um, as a first timer, I got first place in all my divisions. Then I won the overall title. Then I got my pro card. Yeah. Um, I felt like I felt like I got it so easy. You know, I shouldn't be saying that, but I felt like I got it so easy. But the second time I went into comp again as a pro in IMBA, I felt like because I got it so easy the first time, I put the same efforts that I did in my first show, but I didn't push any harder to be better than that first prep. So, yeah, that, that was probably the last time. 
Yeah, and you felt that like, <laughs> you're okay? <laughs> My mind's just like this yeah, right that's now. that's okay. Right? Just <laughs> words out. You're doing yeah. really well. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like when you go for that mindset, like um, how long between that show where you felt like you, you could have given it more until your next show did you prep for and really knuckle down to try improve yourself wait can you say it again um so when you when you went after that um pro show Mm -hmm. um and then you went into your next show was that with the same federation same federation yes what what changed in your mind between that um between that show where you felt like you didn't give it everything you could have um to the next show honestly it wasn't until after the show because i didn't get the placing that i wanted because i I had first place in all the divisions the first time and I expected to get the same again and I ended up getting second to the overall winners. So that's that's when I realized okay, I really didn't push to my hardest and I did know that I didn't put in that much effort. Yeah. 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 And so I suppose like the mindset shift there would have been like, um, you know, where can you improve? Is that and again, I suppose this is where it comes down to having such a good communication um level with your coach mm-hmm. and like being open to them about how you're feeling and what more like what areas you think you can improve on do you think that's like a massive um thing too as well it definitely is but um another thing is when my my first coach he was actually my friend as well so that okay. made it very hard for me to stay yep. disciplined the second time around the communication was there but because he was my friend as well he wasn't really giving me full advice on what I needed to work on and you know where I went wrong it was more just yeah yeah I think I think that it's important not to have that sort of level of friendship with your coach it's good to have a good bond but when when you have a friend I mean when when that coach is a friend before your coach no (laughs) oh my god Uh, again ask me again let me do this again so we're talking about um you know when you're i had a similar situation right i I was in a relationship with um loop and going into a prep and like trying to um trying to separate being a good partner or a good you know a good um boyfriend and being a good coach is is a very you're walking on a very tight rope right yes um which makes it really hard because you know you say something as a coach that you wouldn't say as a boyfriend. Yes. And that, you know, you might say something as a boyfriend that you wouldn't say as a coach. So yes. it's like what you say, you know, eventually it could all blow yeah, up. Yeah, and that so. affects the outside of your coach-client relationship exactly. as well. Exactly, so. yeah. So yeah. I suppose like, like if there's a good point, if you're going to get a coach, make sure it's someone that's outside of your friend circle, mm-hmm. but, you know, might still be an acquaintance, like somewhere where you're not super close in that yeah. way. That way you doesn't can... know you on that emotional sort of level. Yeah, because yeah. the coach is going to break you. <laughs> yeah, they will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's why, that's why um, you know, uh, I'm probably a little bit more toned down to what you speak to my clients. I used to be very harsh, you know, clients. Yeah. Like, oh, why would you say that? And I'm like, well, it's true. <laughs> and, I've seen it years before. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so like, yeah, that's probably a, a really good point, a valid point to bring up for listeners who um, you know, want to get into bodybuilding is mm-hmm. um, actually find a coach that um, has your best interests and you know, um, won't, you know, won't hide the truth from you. Yes, yep. for sure. Yeah, They need to be straight up with you, what you need to work on and not just sugarcoating the whole way. You look good, it's going to be fine. Because like, I, I, do, I do know that there are times, and this is no offense to people, this is not yeah, pointing out things at anyone. This is your opinion. Yeah. yeah. There are coaches out there that let their clients step on stage when they're not even stage ready. And I, and I think it's really important for coaches to be honest with their clients when they aren't. 
Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's very true. Very true. I love that. Um, let's go into that. So uh, after your second comp, uh, your first comp as a pro, mm -hmm. um, your second comp as a pro, what um, you talked about how that mindset mind um, set shifted. Mm -hmm. What was your placing like in that in that second pro? Um, so I got second place in the pro division. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was second place. And you weren't happy with that. I was not happy. That's <laughs> the thing. Like, yeah. um, anyone would have been happy because we all traveled to Indonesia for that. Wow. And, um, you know, everyone wants to be in that top three. That's like the goal most of the time. But my goal is I wanted to be That's number cool. one. But <laughs> at the same time, I did realize that I didn't put in the same efforts. I mean, I didn't put in more effort, sorry, yeah. um, the second time around because I felt like I should have just done the exact same thing I did in my first prep. So yeah. every prep, it, it is important to push harder and harder because you do get stronger. Love it. Um, and then your improvements from then to the next show, uh, that was still the same federation? No, so oh, okay. I actually yeah. moved into IFBB. So what happened was I used to be with INBA, which is now ICN. Yeah. They changed over to ICN um, and they wanted me to give in my INBA pro card. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so I was like, like oh, I, I worked hard for that. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. worked hard to get my INBA <laughs> pro card and then for them to say that, you know, you need to change to ICN because you did register within Australia. I just thought, well, you know what? This might give me the opportunity to have time to think of what I really want to do. Because yeah. deep in my heart, I just, I just felt like I didn't want to um, at the time. And yeah, so I took a year off. Um, I just kept growing. And then I decided to get into IFBB. I, I did have a look at a lot of videos. And from this, originally when I did want to um, start competing, when I looked at videos, I actually wanted to get into IFBB. But my coach was honest with me and told me that, you know, my body belonged to INBA. Yeah. So, yeah, took the time to grow and then, yeah. Yeah, that, from there. that's a really good point. You just said it took the time to grow. Mm -hmm. Like, how long did it take you to grow your body ready for the IFBB stage? A year and a half wow. of a lot of eating. Yeah, and a lot of eating. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of eating, yeah. 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 Um, and, like, if you don't mind sharing, like, what, like how, how high did you go up on a calorie scale during that time? 2,200 calories. Yeah. And I was over 200 grams of carbs. Wow. Forgot what my protein fats were, but it was it was a lot for me because yeah. I was never the one to eat much. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is that is that more from your background or upbringing? Like um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just never really ate much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's go back to that. So you, you were born in America, in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, do you have much memory of your time there? Um, I left America when I was nine, so okay. I do roughly remember it, but I was just a child, so. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then I moved to Philippines, and I was there for about four years. And then I moved to a show, and I was about, I think I was 13, 12 or 13. Yep. Yeah. Do you have any yeah. points you can take away from, like, because um, you are you are part, um, your parents or? Filipino. Filipino, yeah. 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 Do you have much, um, like, um, do you find, like, culturally going into bodybuilding is, like, uh, you, from what your mum and dad might look at you and go, oh, you're too skinny, you just, uh -huh. like, eat more. Like, yes, <laughs> let me tell you right now, Asian parents are the worst when it comes to dieting because they think you're killing yourself. So, <laughs> yeah, when I first got into it, my parents were like, I don't know if this is a good idea, it's not healthy. And when I started dropping weight, they were like, you're getting too skinny my dad would even like feed me bacon he's like this is good fats this is protein you know I was like no <laughs> I was like, yeah it was really hard um but honestly I actually moved out because I couldn't concentrate during yep. that prep and it was it was the best thing because I was able to you know um get everything together and really concentrate on my prep but when I finished that first show um, my parents actually came to me and they're like oh my gosh I'm so sorry that we doubted you oh um, yeah I think that's this so is nice. your thing yeah yeah, yeah. No, I love that yeah. that's, that's really cool um 
Something you, something you said there was how you had to change your surroundings for you to, in order to succeed. Yeah. Like, that, you know, moving out of your parents. Like yeah. Some people are like, oh, you know, I can't, I can't do this because I'm in this situation or I'm living with this person. It's like, well, you're not a freaking tree. You yeah. Can, you can uproot yourself and move, you know, you can put yourself in better environments to yeah. suit um, your goals, which are, you know, isn't easy um, yeah, to do, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. For myself, it was really hard to be around my parents because they, they would eat like delicious Filipino food (laughs) and and, you know Filipino food is really fatty and even even the friends that I used to hang around they used to want to go out every weekend they would say like you know you can you can drop like just one day of dieting to eat a meal out and every time I would do that that's me setting myself back a day behind so I I just decided I had to drop everything altogether. I had to let my friends know look I can't come out I didn't go out once um and yeah I, I didn't see my parents until this show because I was like wow. this is too hard yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, that's a hard thing for some people to do especially yeah. if you're really close with your family mm-hmm. is to be able to um you know step back and go hey look I gotta do me yeah um which for some people is, is very difficult mm-hmm. um, you'd find even with your own clients right uh, yeah you get girls who are uh, or just clients in general. Who are like, oh, I can't, you know, I'm struggling in this area because of this and that. It's like, how about you just remove yourself from those situations where yeah. you might go out and drink or you might have, it's like those friends really doing you well if that's all they want to do yeah. instead of, you know, go get a nice breakfast or go get a nice lunch or dinner instead of, you know, going out yeah. every weekend. You do get some people that will have, you know, um, family and friends supporting them the whole way, but that's not always the case. So if it isn't, then it is good to, you know, just, just do your thing, push yourself away just for a little bit. But if, if they are your true friends, they will understand as well yeah they'll come yeah. watch your show yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um that's a that's a that's a good point too is um you know choose choose who your friends are yes. because in that journey alone body it is a very lonely journey isn't it it really is yeah, yeah. it's you yourself and yeah <laughs> yeah it's you and your reflection it's like you pretty the much yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I suppose that's where it comes down to having a good relationship with your coach um, on that on that level where they, they know how much work you're putting in. Mm-hmm. So um, they have a bit of sympathy in that, in that sense, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's pretty cool. Um, let's go back into the... Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, <I'm> fine. <laughs> you, just, you, can't, you can't see Shane right now, but she's just shaking off. She's like doing, doing a Taylor Swift uh, dance, shake it off. <laughs> so oh she's auditioning gosh. for <laughs> I feel like it. <laughs> um, let's bring it back around to um, so your your PT career. So, yes. um, how do you find like obviously when you're deep in a prep, that's um you know that you, you really got to I suppose you're going to be hyper focused mm-hmm. on that. How do you find managing your um, PT business? alongside that it honestly it, it is challenging but I, I actually get a lot harder on my clients when I am in prep mode so sorry to my clients but yeah, <laughs> yeah I do yeah I get a bit hard on them yeah and you find that's um you okay yeah, yeah okay <laughs> I feel speechless right uh, now. that's okay yeah. Yeah. yeah you'd find uh, I suppose um to make that more relatable um or understanding for people is you are pushing yourself to the absolute limits of human human potential in ways of physique yeah. um, and output, um, you're, you're almost expecting that from your own clients who are like, oh, I didn't feel like going for a walk today. You're yeah. like, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like, what? <laughs> I just what? did my 70 minutes party and you can't go for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go check the mail? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it is um, from, a, from 
if you're sitting back as a client and listening and you wonder why Shana's pushing you when she's in prep, it's, uh, it's good to understand the amount of pain she's going through as well. So. I love you guys though. <laughs> love it. Um, let's, go, let's bring that in. So like, what are some things you love about the fitness industry? I love setting myself to a challenge and achieving them. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Like, just even being in the gym, it, it's a stress reliever. You know, that's, that's the place where you could just let loose and do whatever you want when no one paying attention to you. Yeah. <laughs> Depends what you're wearing. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bring on something, that's cool. Yeah, um, yeah that's, that's uh, and you find like, um, you know, when you're in that mindset of training, like, um, especially in prep, I suppose, you'd, I suppose you'd follow like a quite a structured type training program or were you more like on the day on how it feels? Honestly, I'm more on the day on how it feels. Yep. So with my coach, she just sets my macros and gives me my cardio regimen. And yeah. I just see how I feel. If something's not sore, then I'm, I haven't done right. Yeah, <laughs> just make it sore. Yeah, just yeah, make I love it sore. It. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's, a, that's quite a cool philosophy around it because I suppose that would take some of the pressure off of trying to, you know, like um, say for example, like strength training where you got to hit certain numbers or mm-hmm. RPEs or weights um, and some days you don't feel like it. Yeah. Where um, I suppose another way of um, how you train myself, like, well, that part's not sore, that part's wrecked, let's yeah. do that part. So yeah. that's um, that's a, almost like, a, like you said, like a stress reliever yes. in a way. Yeah. Yep. Very cool. What are some other things you love about the fitness industry? Um, I love that there's so much positive people. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about, yeah, that's okay. What about some things you dislike in the industry? Um, I don't really dislike much about the industry. Good. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the industry you're great. probably the first person um, I'll ask that question to that didn't have anything to say yeah, about it. <laughs> I just, yeah, I don't. I don't like to see the negative in the industry at all. I just take everything as a positive. Love that. Yeah. That's uh, that's really good. And that um, you mentioned before, like how how important having that strong mindset and belief in the, in yourself. So I suppose if your you know energy goes where you focus. So if you're focusing on bad things, you're gonna put yourself in a bad mindset. Yeah. Especially yeah. if you're you know in that 65th minute on the on the treadmill oh yeah (laughs) like it's really hard yeah yeah i've just learned to see the good in people the positive in life and just yeah not really looking back and yeah i just think thinking negative of anything like it often when you when you're prepping you will get that mindset where you think oh man like I, i can't do this or you know, I don't even know where I'm going right now, Cash. No, that's <laughs> Cut okay. Cut that off. Yeah. <laughs> oh my this God. Is going oh, it's, like, it's not going up, right? <laughs> no, it's, no, it's not. <laughs> I don't know how to Like, when podcast. I look away to the curtain, I'm like, okay, I forgot what we were talking about. We're so looking like, to what? I'm looking at that curtain right there. Oh, that curtain. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that froze you off, yeah. doesn't it? Okay, cool. All right, let's bring it back mm. into um, who are some people you aspire to? Like, who are some people you look up to in the industry? Um, that um, you know, I suppose, like helped you along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, well, my first coach in IFE was Polly, Polly V. So he, I look, Polly v, yeah, 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 he's great. Like I look up to him. Even him being a, a male, I do admire the fact that even in in his off season, he looks great. Yes, yeah, yeah. You can tell that he he definitely puts in the work, he puts in the time, and you know, no bullshit. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Love that. Um, my current coach Marissa Wu. So, um, yeah, I really look up to her. You know, I've been watching her journey since she 
wasn't when when she wasn't Instagram famous and then she became Instagram famous I got to watch her growth but wow. she's really inspired me she's also a Filipino yep. so she really understands my body type as well yes um, culture behind it as well yeah, yeah yeah Barbie Hank so she's my posing coach I always looked up to her I think I think her physique is amazing yep. she looks great well it doesn't matter like she's been in off season for a while now and she just she just looks like she's like 15 weeks out. Like. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> no, not even 15, I'd say 10 weeks out. Wow, yeah, yeah that's incredible. Good. Love it. Yeah. And they're, um, they're all based here in Perth as well. Um, so Marissa is actually from San Diego. So yeah. she's from the US. Uh, Polly and Barbie, yes, they're from Perth. Yeah. yeah. No, very cool, very cool. Um, let's let's go into that. Like, so um, having some people to aspire to is really important to help you on your journey. Yes. Um, and again, we touched on this before, but like um, being careful not to compare your own body to their body and like mm-hmm. more look at it as a way to um you know pull your like give yourself motivation or inspiration yeah to yeah. see the thing about me and mike all these coaches that i've been with know this i would always stress out so much and be like oh my gosh my body isn't good enough your body looks better than mine why are you so much leaner than me and yeah and they would always tell me you know just calm down you know you you are just becoming the best version of yourself and i, I got to learn that over the years yeah yeah and that, that is really so important as a coach is just to um, you know, not drill, but reiterate that to your clients that it is it is that you versus you journey. It is. All it really way. is. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is quite similar to PT in a way. Like it is it is you versus you. Mm-hmm. It's easy to, you know, as a PT, I suppose, look at other PTs and go, hey, you know, they're doing that, I'm doing this. But it is just you versus you. It is. Yeah. Because yeah. every PT is different. Everyone specializes in different things. So, yeah. yeah. Um, what's some advice you'd give to new personal trainers? New personal trainers. Okay, um, definitely find your specialty on what you want to give out to your clients. You know, yep. it's really important to know what your knowledge is and what you're going to be teaching them because they have put their lives in your hands. You know, um, I also think it's really important to, if, even if you are just starting out, the first couple of years even, it's good to get a mentor, a coach, because that ongoing knowledge is really important. You know, um, you want to keep learning, you want to keep growing. And, and as you keep doing that, you, you just become a stronger personal trainer altogether. But not giving out information that you don't even know about. You know, where I stuffed up in my first year of PT is, you know, if someone came to me and they said, you know, I want to be a power lifter. I said, yeah, I'll take you on. You know, I want to be a crossfitter. Yeah, I'll take yeah, you on. Yeah. And I have no experience with any of that stuff. Yeah. So, you know, just, just be careful and make sure you're giving out the right information to your clients. Because if you want them to stay long term, you need to know that you need to know what your client's goals are and make sure you can support that. I love that. That's yeah. uh, some really solid advice. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go into so you've been in the industry for about five years now. Yeah. 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 Um, what do you find you do differently now with clients compared to at the beginning? Full communication and treating everyone as an individual. Um, everyone is so different. Everyone's body comes in differently. You know, everyone reacts you know, differently to, to diets and training. And, you know, some people have great genetics and they come in so well. And some people just have bad genetics and you got to work extra hard for that. And, you know, at the beginning, I... Some people eat like one slice of bread though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like people yeah. people eat a slice of bread, they get tired. Yeah, so, oh and my God. getting to know if your clients are telling you the truth or not. Because you will get clients that will oh, say, you know, yeah. I, I've been following my diet. I, I've been doing all my sessions, right? I don't know why I'm losing weight. Well, y- yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, no, I have, I have a protein, I have a carbs, I'm a fat. Yeah. That's, that's a bloody Big Mac. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> yes. after like three to four weeks of, you know, um, putting someone under a food plan and training and nothing has changed, then there is something wrong, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. Do you find that's more the type of people who um, generally just don't like to fail? That they're very, um, you know, pedantic uh, in a way of they they just want to get everything right. Um, yeah. So they don't want to admit where they got got it wrong. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, but oh, fuck. Yeah, you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is gonna be the worst podcast ever. Right? <laughs> I, I think the listeners will love it. <laughs> we laugh along the way. Um, yeah, so going back to the, um, we're talking about the, those type of clients who um, you're trying to, in a way, shift through the bullshit um, mm-hmm. people tell you when you yeah. can clearly see they're not doing what they're supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so do you find like those type of those type of clients, again, because you treat them as an individual, right? And mm-hmm. um, you've got to try keep that communication open. Yes. Um, what's, your, what's your message to clients like that who, who struggle to communicate um, I suppose more in a way because they feel like they don't want to let you down. What's your message to them? I always let them know, you know, because I do get a few clients that, you know, I actually worry when they're quiet throughout the week and then don't talk to me at all. But clients also feel bad when they're always bombarding you with messages and, you know, trying to call you or communicate with you. And I I find that, you know, if if you can't communicate with your client and if your client isn't really giving you anything, then... (sighs) Then... <laughs> do it again, do it again. Oh my god, I'm so sorry okay. with it. Do it, do it again, guys. So, so if you're... Let's use an example. So you've got a client that usually has quite open communication mm-hmm. um, and they get a week where they've gone really quiet. You're yeah. like, oh god, what's going on? Like, what's what's your um, what's your go-to for that? I actually message them. I always check up on my clients, you know, beginning of the week, midweek, and end of the week. Um, yeah. And sometimes I get no replies and that's generally when they haven't really been following the plan. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, clients that are in full communication, they, they are the ones that are generally putting in the work, you know, making sure that they are getting the results and checking that they are doing the right thing throughout the week. So I'll check up on clients that are quiet and, you know, ask them how their week's been going, you know, if they, they have been following everything outside of it. So yeah, that is my go-to, just checking up on them, really. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Constantly yeah. checking up on them. Yeah, and yeah. like, yeah, I suppose as a coach, you do get that, um, you do that, get, get that sense where they're not, uh, if, they're, if they haven't gone off plan or they're not telling you the truth because yeah. you, you one, not, might not be replying to your messages. Yeah. Or two, they might not be, um, they're just not losing weight with yeah. the right areas. Yeah. 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 No, I love that. Um, how are we going on time? Cool. That's 40 minutes there. Um, anything else you want to touch on to leave the listeners? Like where they can, they can find you online, things like that. Um, so you can follow me on Shana Garcia underscore IFB Pro on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> I only just changed my Instagram name, so I'm getting used to saying that. <laughs> um, oh, no. Email. I'll drop it. I'll drop it all at the um, bottom of the um, link for description for the podcast. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much it. Um, it's been fun, Shana. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me, Cash. <laughs>